advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. It's advice from a dipshit with Matt Bronger. Hey, it's Advice from a Dipshit with Matt Bronger, and I have on a kindred spirit uh, <laughs> the the machine, as he's known, uh, Bert Kreischer is on the show, uh, and I've been trying to get you on the show forever, because I think you could you could do this show in my stead. You know, like Johnny Carson would kind of like step away and let someone else do it. Like, yeah. this could, because... Uh, the origin of this show is like I would draw on my my dipshittery to give people advice and be like, oh, don't do this, yeah. or oh, I wish I would have done this. And you have, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Dude, I I had I had a whole run of bits of like advice to give a boy. Nice. And there were all things that had happened to me, like oh, don't get gasoline in your asshole. And people would be like, how does that even happen? And in my head, I was like, how does it not happen? How have you never had gasoline in your asshole? Like yeah. it, for me, Gasparilla. We're we're on a boat, a bunch of boats in the water in Tampa. Okay, and you're mooning other boats. We're in like high school. Yeah, guy pulls a little pump out of the gas tank, you know, because sometimes you have to spray to you have to pump it to get it in the thing. Pulls it out and sprays it in my ass. Now it gets it gets on my ass. Oh, crack, that has down to hurt ass. so bad. Oh, it, okay. I'll walk you through it. Okay, it starts with warm, and then you're laughing. Ah, you got me. Then it gets hot, and now they're all staring at you, and then you're like, "Whoa, it's really hot." Then you get in the water. Now you're scrubbing out salt water. Gasoline oh, asshole. No. Then, next thing you know, you are swimming to shore oh, no. with a handful of sand, like a miner cleaning out a skillet. Like it oh. is the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I swam to shore. Oh, yeah, it was. That is, that is not where I thought that was going. I thought you meant like lighting your farts on fire and putting nope. some gas no, in your. No, this was just like raw <laughs> gasoline, not lighter fluid. <laughs> yeah, well, wow, it's amazing. Because I, I lived a very different, I think, boy life mm-hmm. than like than a lot of guys. I, I think I lived like a, a you'd call it like a state school open mouth breathing kind of life. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're 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 an you're an adventurer. I always think of you as a, as an adventurer with with tales to tell. And it's like the thing I love about your act is like every time you tell a story, it's one of those things. You know, the, the, this phrase gets overused, but it's just like if I put it in a script. Uh, they'd never buy it because they'd go, that, that would never happen. And you're like, that happened to me. I have a few of those too, but I love the fact that um, you you give the dipshits hope. Do you know what I mean? Because you have a oh. lovely wife, two great kids. I could be a dipshit god. Sure. Yes. I could be like, I am the guy that people go, hold on. It worked for him. <laughs> yeah. You are unique. And it's one of those things where it's like, you yourself would be like, do not go the way I did because you probably won't make it. You know. Probably. Hold on. For those of you that like, just just to put perspective to anyone listening right now who's like, oh, yeah, I don't know who this guy is. I'm going to tell you my. This is perfect setup. I'm going to tell you who I am and how I got to where I am right now. Okay. okay? Great. A normal kid grew up in Tampa. Went to school to Florida State. Uh, six and a half years. I was in school six and a half years. <laughs> in my fifth and a half year, Rolling Stone magazine discovered me and called me the number one party animal in the country. Okay. Changed changed my life. Entirely, they wrote a six and a half page article about me, calling me the number one party animal <laughs> I, in the country. I never knew this. this Oliver Stone awesome. optioned the rights to my life. Okay, I get an agent. I say in this in like the passing, I say I want to. I kind of in the article I said I wouldn't mind trying stand up, and so this radio station uh, puts on a stand up night at a place called Pop Ellie's. Four comedians go in front of me. Now we know comedy. Yeah. Four comedians go in front of me, each doing twenty minutes. I close the show, having never done stand up. Oh. I'm supposed to do thirty. Oh, I murder! Wow, no. I murder! I mur- but, well, first of all, 
it was like everyone wanted me to see me do good. They're all my friends. Yeah. And I've been there six and a half years. I knew everyone. Mm-hmm. I knew everyone. I knew the guy that owned Podbellies. Yeah. And so get offered a radio show in Tallahassee. Get offered my own morning show. I decide, screw it. I'll move to New York. I'll do stand-up, right? Move to New York. Start stand-up. Get a job working at the Boston Comedy Club, working the door. Working the door, barking, yeah. bringing in customers from the street. Six months in, Will Smith discovers me. Calls, uh, signs, signs me to a development deal. I develop with him. I move out to the Universal Sheridan for seven months. Develop with Will Smith at Universal every day, right? Go on tour with Patrice O'Neill and Rich Voss in Scotland. And, and as a lark, I do an ICM showcase. And from ICM, I get a TV show and another development deal. By the way, I've been doing stand-up a, a year and six months. Okay? Get a TV show, then get another TV show called Hurt Bert. And then, and then that's when I turn into a real human. I think if there's any, like, if, if your hero is going to have any story, he needs to be a regular person. Yeah. And then I'm just like, I remember saying stuff like, hey, can I just get another development deal? Like, just stuff like that you just would never say. Like, uh, uh, maybe I'll do some commercials. Like, where you're like, well, you got to earn it, asshole. Yeah. And so uh, have tons of money, meet my wife. Run out of money, uh, have now have no money. Have have a kid, have another kid, living in an apartment. My wife runs the apartment. I'm doing anything I can. I'm, I'm featuring on the road for seven hundred bucks. I'm out of money, and every everyone's like, "This guy's done." Wow. He had his run. This is what's wrong with this business. Bert and chicken. Bert and chicken are what's wrong with this business. <laughs> and Segura would test me and him would drive out to Brea and do. Hosting and flip flop, hosting and, and feature work, and just split the money. Wow! And uh, and and then I just get on the road and I do stand up, and then and you know, and then get a show on Travel Channel. The rest is like you know, it's I I think I'm doing fine for myself now, but I am the luckiest human being you'll ever meet. Wow! If you meet, so many people are like, dude, I love getting drunk, and I get arrested by cops. I think I could be your do you do, <laughs> yeah. and you're like you're like no, it's it's a little more than that. But it's a little more than that. And well, the thing is, like, you're genuinely a hilarious person. Well, it's I like, think thank the, you. you. I think you're, I, saying, I think you're saying like everyone knew you in that town. Yeah, they didn't know you because you'd get fucked up. I mean, no, that's why I, I was but, loud, but, but and you're I was also funny. funny, and you're you're yeah. amiable. You're going to be around, and you're guileless. And, like, and I also, you know, I was very lucky in, in a million different ways. But I was very lucky. Like the first person I met in stand up was Dimitri Martin, the very first person I met. Oh yeah, and Dimitri is to this day. Is probably one of the most passionate comedy enthusiasts in yeah. the world. He loves comedy, loves yeah. the art form. He yeah. just loves the art form of it. Mm-hmm. And thank God I meet that guy who's like introduces me and him hit the clubs and met ran the clubs together mm-hmm. and just he'd introduce me to a tell, introduce me to Hedberg. Like yeah. he'd tell me a Hedberg joke. And then so it's like all of a sudden I became in love with comedy. Yeah. And I'm and to this day, I think the only saving grace that I, whatever I have is I think number one, I'm an easy guy to work with. Both of us know that that is number one thing in this business. <laughs> Do not be difficult. Just don't be difficult. Do just don't not. be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> just don't be an asshole. Yeah. 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 And 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 I love stand up comedy. Yeah. I love it. And so that's I think that'll always serve you well is if you're yeah. not an asshole and you love what you do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the amount of times that, that someone's, they've let their ego drive them, or they let what they feel in the moment, whether they're angry, they feel dissatisfied, and they kind of lash out at other people. And I've been guilty of that, but oh, it's like, bro. it's what I regret the most. Thankfully, I, I like you, feel, take this step back and go, Jesus Christ, I'm lucky. Like, holy fuck. I think at the age we are, I, thank God, thank God my failure came at the age when you're supposed to have success in this business. Mm-hmm. And, and then my success came... At the time when you're like, oh, you gotta, I'm going to write this guy off. Uh, like, you know, like, thank God I'm, I'm 46 now, and now I'm the most successful I've ever been. Yes. But that's only been the last two years. Yes. I mean, I worked at Travel Channel for eight years, and everyone was like, 
good luck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know it's a paycheck, but no one watches it. Uh, but wait. um, but the uh, what I was going to say was, and I I'm guilty of it probably now at times. But I think younger guys are really guilty of it. Is you get told no, you get you get shot down so much. Yeah, it's it's this for for any dipshit listening. <laughs> You're a regular guy. You're a regular-looking guy your whole life. You know what it's like to go to the bar at 2 in the morning, watch everyone leave, and literally literally be sitting there pie-eyed going, would one girl just say yes? Would one girl just say, I'm not the asshole. I'm not going up uh, fucking, what's up, bitches? I'm just a good guy. I'm a good guy who's not even hitting on girls. I'm just trying to make a connection. I'm trying Uh to make a connection. I'm not being a dick. I'm not leaning in, trying to kiss 10 girls, knowing that one's going to end up saying yes, and I'll take her home. I'm not like, I'm not a dog. I'm not, I'm I'm using all standards from 1995. Like, I'm not swiping right, whatever it is. (laughs) But like, and then, and then one day, and this is what's wrong with this business. One day, all of a sudden you're fucking hot. Yeah. You've been ugly your whole life. And then one day you're gorgeous. Yeah. And people that never spoke to you want to talk to you. People reach out that net, that, that you couldn't get to return a call. Mm-hmm. And there is a part of you that happens to everyone where you lash out and you yep. start flexing your big dick muscle. And you're, uh-huh. like, you're like, you know what? And I'm definitely guilty of it. The, even this past six months, I'm definitely guilty of it. But I think the good people are the ones that don't do it. Dude, the, I feel like one of the true tests of character is what do you do when you have power? What do you do when you can be a, a fucking Mac? Like yeah. the, when you when you can you can get a ton of girls. That is problem we have when you know with a lot of people who are involved with mistreatment of women. It's because they were looked down upon their whole lives, and they just they once they had some power or anything, they just fucking went all over the place. And it's just it's bad. And I think I'll, I mean I had a good friend. I won't say her name because she's kind of famous. Okay, and was married to a very very famous guy. And um, we were hanging out. She reached out to me. I didn't know her. She reached out to me in New York. She was like, she's like, you seem like like a like a real bro. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. She's like, I listen to your podcast. Some stuff makes me cringe that you say. Because I'm a regular dude. I, yeah. I, I say, I, I'm not woke at all. I'm a regular. I'm just regular. Well, we had a good back and yeah. forth on your yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Because, because we have differing opinions on things. But it's like we talk it out. And we understand and respect each other's opinions. Yeah. I feel like that's what we need more of these days. And me and her were going to start a nonprofit. To get, because we both were on the same page with sexual assault. Yeah. By the way, we're on the same page, probably down the line. But mm-hmm. I may say something that's not like woke, which would trigger her. You know, sure, it's like, sure. what, you know the, yeah, the yeah. rundown. Yeah. And so we were going to start a nonprofit to go into schools and talk to boys, talk to the get get to the fucking fire at the campfire level. Yeah. And and talk to boys and kind of let let them know that it's okay to be a guy where there's a stripper and feel uncomfortable and be like. And be like, hey guys, I feel this. She just wants to hang out with us. Like, you know, yeah. like it, it, there's a lot of, and I'm that guy a little bit too much. Anytime that there was a, a shift in power of like a, a woman, um, I mean, I can only think of a couple times in the exact times, but like to what t shirt concerts or talent contests, stuff like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. where you could just be like, and so just go in and talk to boys and then also say like, Yo, no means no. Like, like yeah. we, we hear that from women, but we don't hear that from men right. going, yo, yo, right. yo, yo. Trust me, if she's drunk, leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. Like, walk out of the room. There will be another girl next tomorrow. There will be another girl next week. And so we were going to do it. And then my man- my old management 
and agents and everyone was like, you do not want to be a part of anything. Just stay the fuck away. Because mm. they're like, it's just way too... And this is before the Me Too movement. Uh-huh. It's, it's, they were, everyone was like... Well, look, you don't necessarily have to do a thing where it's like, we're starting a foundation. It's yeah. like, I feel like you by... Just by you saying that is a lot. Because, Dude. like, look, I mean, you won't say it, but... Your Netflix special blew the fuck up. It's oh, huge, you. dude. Oh, and it opened you to uh, or you already had a massive following and like I <laughs> I was on the road before I even met you. I did New Year's Eve 2010 at a club and I was hearing Burt stories. And like they're all hilarious and they're all like <laughs> They're all hilarious in 2010. Now no, that you hear them and you're like funny he came now. on stage in a diaper? Kenneth Stewart was a diaper with a with a huge bucket of beers and you drank them all. Like it's all it's all it's 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 fantastic. It's hilarious. Well, Cuz you're the New Year's Eve baby. And then you made your feature wear a diaper, which I always I've never I've never I, I've never like abused I'm always like, hey, you guys do whatever you want, but I love that you were like, hey, you're wearing the fu- you're you're wearing a fucking you're wearing the fucking diaper, dude. I made, I'm not going out there alone. I made Mitch Fatel wear a tr- matching track suits as I did. Me, I mean, like, I love I love the fuck ar- fuck aroundery of comedy of like, yes. it's just a as long as you're having a good time. I think that's oh. why I started taking my shirt off. As long as you're having a good time, everyone's having a good time. Yes, that's, that's all that matters. Absolutely, absolutely. And but, I, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that's that's I guess good or bad about me, but it's very contrarian. Is that like. Like, I do say things that people go, shut up. Like, mm-hmm. I've only had sex with six chicks, right? That's okay. just me. Sure. And people, even in my audience, are like, come on, you liar. Like, and, and like, I don't cheat on my wife. And I'm very vocal about that. Like, very vocal about loving my wife, that I love her. And so, like, I was at this casino, uh, the Borgata. And I'm Atlantic my, City. Yeah, in yeah. Atlantic City. And I do the show. I go out to the rotunda to party with everyone. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm with my cousin. My cousin happens to be beautiful and like 25. Her name's her name's Cotty. My sister's name's Cotty. Oddly enough, not oddly enough, they were named after each other, but <laughs> not the same age. But uh, she's beautiful. And this guy, you know, because everyone's oh boy cynic, and he's like, "Oh, really? Yeah, I'm supposed to buy that shit about loving your wife and you're hanging out with her." And I was like, "Oh, it's my cousin." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, she's my cousin too, bro." And I was like, "Oh, Jesus come on, man!" Christ. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a fucking liar, bro. You're a liar." And my cousin lit him up. Good for yeah, her. I grew up in Double Terrace. He grew up in Lutz. We grew. Up, I've known him since. I've, he's known me since the day I was born. I'm named after his sister. And like, lit it, lost it. But like, people, you know, when you're, I think when you're just, I think so many people are being fake that when you tell yeah. the truth, yeah, and then it's stuff that people like I believe truthfully, and I know no one's gonna agree with this. Is very okay to hold on to your virginity. You do not need yeah. to lose it at seventeen, dude. I was talking to—I think I was talking to a very famous guy. I don't want to out anyone mm-hmm. as saying the same thing I said because I say fucked up shit sometimes. But I was like, when I lost my virginity, I immediately was like, okay, like I mean, I'm talking on the car ride on the on the interstate on I two seventy five. I was like, I was not ready for this. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. For, oh. I'm not ready to be a dad, and I'm not ready to have AIDS. I have a, I have a sure. I got an AIDS baby coming in nine oh, months. It's, it's and and this is gonna fucking oh, ruin my so, life. So, bro, I got accepted into Florida State. So like, Bert, you're saying you take sex as seriously as a woman? That's yes, basically what you're saying. I, yeah, because men or, don't. Men generally speaking, don't take sex seriously. We're, we we want I think we're we want taught it not every, to take it seriously. Absolutely, we were, and we basically treated it as like, ah, it's no big deal. Dude. It's like a handshake, and it's like, no, it, we don't, we don't, we don't fuck each other in the butt. Hello, we don't. <laughs> yeah. It's not. You know, it's 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 it is a it's an intensely personal thing, especially especially for a woman because you're inside of her, and we yeah. don't think about it that way because we're the plug. I, I feel like, you know, you are an incredible romantic. 
like me. Yeah. And, oh. and, and basically, so you, you took it very seriously from young age. And, and But I rolled the, into it like mm-hmm. the meathead. Right. I rolled into sure. it. Sean Hooker, me, came and tie. Everyone sitting at the table. Dude, you fuck her? No. You gotta fuck her. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Dude, we're me. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Her best friend's mom, and that's when it fucking happens. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna fucking trust me. And then even walking into the room, gave a handshake to Jeff Hartley. Jeff Hartley gave me the handshake, condom handshake. Bro, hit that. You're like, you got it. Got in there, started. And the second it started, all that... It's like when you look in a mirror when there's cocaine on the mirror, sure. and you see the little boy in you, oh, and you're like, no. "Oh, I said I was never going to do drugs." You shouldn't have drugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is horrible. Not that boy. And yep. and then the second it started, I was like, "Oh, this is, oh, this is really overwhelming." Yep. I'm the little boy again. Oh fuck! And then it happens. It was over so quick. I was immediately humiliated, and I was yep. like, "Oh god! Oh, this was not what I thought it was going to be." Yeah. It's like it's like storming the beaches of Normandy. Uh-huh. You, they got you on the boat going, "We're going to kill those Nazis." Are you ready to kill those Nazis? I'm no, like, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm a and little- on the outside. You're like, sure, yes, sir. Yeah. 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 It's like, I feel like fears are not unfounded because you are just the first year wizard, but you have the big giant tome that you can't even recognize yet. And you're reading it and you're like, the dead people are coming out of the ground. You're like, Dude. what are you doing? You're too young to fuck I with that. Had, I thought I knew how to use my dick. <laughs> yeah. It help, got me in so help. much trouble. Yeah. Dude, I was so bad that we had sex on, we, I lost my virginity. I'm, I'm guessing on like, a, say like a Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night. She called me Sunday and said, hey, my family's going to, uh, to Outback Steakhouse. Uh, would you like to come with us? And I said, yeah. And I did not want to go. I didn't want to talk to her. Sure. And I didn't want to go. She was wearing the, color, this, uh, the perfume Benetton, uh, Colors by Benetton. Yep, I remember. Um, when we had sex. She was wearing that perfume. She came to my house. Uh, she came to my front door to get me, and we lived far away from each other. But she came to my front door to get me. I opened the door, and the way that the, when the door opened, I smelled Benetton's. Yep. And I went into the bathroom and I threw up <laughs> immediately. I went into the bathroom and I threw up, and that, that's probably my first legit, legit qualified stamp approval panic attack. Where like, but panic like, uh, where panic disorder. Where I yeah. and then. Went out to dinner with her family. I couldn't eat. I was sick to my stomach. I was humiliated. I was humiliated thinking that we had done this and that, and wow. that her parents didn't know. And, sure. And then I couldn't even, like, she was flirting with me, and I couldn't even, like, flirt back. I didn't even want to touch her. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's that's one reason why I've, I early on had would have dalliances with a woman and then would, like, run away. It was not that, uh, like, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, it's notching my belt. You're nothing to me now. It was just like I can't handle this. I can't handle the Dude, intensity of this relationship. I didn't I, because we've because we've been naked and we did a, did a dirty thing together. And I know? wonder. I wonder. I feel if like it's, that's so. That's such a singularly male thing. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's Catholicism because I yes, felt guilty without a doubt. And I went. I definitely went to church every Sunday. Sure. Until I figured we were in the clear with her having a baby. Right. Um, <laughs> And by the way, I actually had sex with her again like a month later, and I went, and the same thing, it, it all started, and I said, you did it again. Now you got to worry about having a baby again. Yep. Like, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. Why, you're going to get AIDS again. Right. You've definitely got AIDS. And then I didn't have sex with another chick all through high school. I wouldn't do it all through high school. And to the point, I remember I remember seeing Ty Rodriguez and Janelle Martinez at, home, at homecoming or prom maybe, senior year. Uh, their parents, uh, Ty's parents, had gotten them like a big, uh, big like condo at a like a at a hotel, and we were all partying, and we went in, and I remember seeing them laying in bed together, 
and my skin boiled. I was like, ugh, <laughs> who could do that? Like, I, the idea yeah. of cuddling with a girl made me sick to my stomach. And I was like, I was like, that, oh my God, I would want to be the fuck out of there immediately. Yeah, because intimacy is real. And it's terrifying. And I was not ready for it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it until I said the next chick I had sex with was my freshman year of college. And I made sure I was ready for it. Does that make sense? Like I, oh, yeah. I, like, I hung out with her a lot. I dated her. And I decided I'm going to have sex with her. Like I decided it. I was like, like I could have done it earlier. Sure. And I, but I decided, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure this is what I want. And I did, and I loved it. But I, st- I still, man, I got that pregnancy scare. Every fucking chick I ever well, dated. I've always had a complicated relationship with sex. For like my first, uh, my first time was with my high school girlfriend, and her mom walked in, and uh, but her mom was like what you call a cool mom, and she'd be like, "Honey, you should be doing homework right now," and just walk right out. And I was just like terrified. And yeah. then uh, it wasn't until my freshman year, and it, I'll just end of the story, like freshman year of college, and a girl had sex with me, but she had sex with me like, and it was. It was like she smoked a cigarette. I was a cigarette. It was just like, whatever. Dude. Like, she just was like, all right, we going back to the party? Like, she basically, like, we did it. And then I was like, back at the party. And I was like, um. And I remember a friend of mine was like, where were you? And I was like, I just had sex. And he's like, what the fuck? And he, his words, he's like, you got busy? You know, yeah, black friend. And I was like, yeah. But it was just that, like, I guess I got busy? But it yeah. was like just yeah. this thing, which is like, oh, like I was to use the archetype stereotype, I was the girl in that situation. You Dude, know? yeah, and, like, and and I t- uh, chicks, f- uh, four, four, three, four, and five, maybe four and five, uh, ruined my brain the way I'd register women because it was it was casual to them, and then funny. I was like, yo, it's been so serious to me. Uh-huh. Like it's been so serious <laughs> to me. Like how can you just be like, how can you just do this? Like mm-hmm. I. I, I like I just it, I couldn't figure out how someone could just do that and just be like, oh. So there was a group of girls that I hung out with a little bit in college and then kind of ended rather quickly because one of the girls in the group, she and I went to summer camp together for 10 years and we ended up going to college together. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And so I was hanging out with her and her friends and all of them were talking about how, oh yeah, I had sex with him and I had sex with him and I had sex with him. And they're like, yeah, we have sex with people because blowjobs are too intimate. I've, I've heard women say that. And it's just too much work. And so I just Jesus. would rather, yep. it just. Yeah. I, I, knew t- I knew two girls in college who had a dorm room that they used for sex. That I don't know how they got their own dorm room that neither one of them slept in. But it was just. It, Dude. This is this is the reason I almost started didn't start dating my wife because we met. I I thought she was beautiful and it was like I'd seen her a couple times and was like jockeying to get her by, near her and I and then we went to a yoga class and she saw me sweat and then we went everyone went bowling a big group of people went bowling and she was friends with other friends and she was there and she was like oh, you're hilarious and I was like oh thanks and you know drinking and she was like um, we should go out one night and I was like oh yeah and immediately my brain went. Whore. All right, cool. That's yeah. what whores do is they ask, ask guys out. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. In my head, I was like, no, no. I don't do casuals. I don't do casual sex, so I'm not going to ask you out. And she, and then she reached out to my roommate uh, and was like, hey, how come your friend hasn't called me? Your roommate hasn't called me. And he was like, oh, he just walked in. And I was like, hey, like I didn't call you for a reason. Uh, I didn't call you a reason because I, I don't date girls like that. I don't, I don't date girls that have casual sex because it means something to me. And then she, we went on a date, and I ended up telling her, 
I was like, listen, I, I can't have sex with you tonight. Like, that's just not who I am. And she was like, I'm sorry. You thought we were having sex? And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. That's hilarious. You called me. She was like, excuse me? And you know what it was? It was the movie, the TV show Sex in the City. I had just assumed that, oh, this is now how sex is for everyone. Everyone just does it with it all the time, <laughs> casually. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And then she was like, no, we're not having sex. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I was like, wait, are we going to kiss? And she goes, I mean, yeah, if you want. She goes, wait, hold on. You thought I was a whore? I was like, well, you asked me out. And she was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. <clears throat> yeah. And so, yeah, I, I have severe. It's the reason I don't cheat. Main reason I don't cheat is that I'm like, nah. I like who I do it with. I'm cool with the sure. person. Yeah. We own a lot of stuff together. I love her. We're good. You think I'm gonna? You think I'm gonna do that with a stranger? <laughs> I only fuck people I own shit with. Sure. <laughs> we got to be committed on properties. I think we got the episode title. I only fuck people I own shit with. <laughs> yeah, I only. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Also, we're already like at the 30 minutes too. So like, here's the okay, show, well, let's, everybody. Let's, All right, thank you. so no, much No, no, no. Let's show. let's roll the first call. I know. Let's roll the first call. <laughs> this is gonna be this. This will be good. This will be. People want long ones every now and oh, then. Oh yeah, for sure. Here we go. We've got a long episode. We haven't even talked about spin class. Yet. No, we will. Hey, tip shit. Long time, first time. This is Michael from Chicago. Um, I have a couple of kids. Married with a couple of kids. Nineteen-year-old daughter and sixteen-year-old son. And. Um, so myself and my wife, we sort of divide and conquer in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, advising the kids on, uh, you know, sexual matters, stuff like that, right? Should, so I've come to both my kids and said, any questions at all, feel free to come to me. I've, uh, you know, a lot of experience and the life, you know, no judgment. You can come to me, whatever, right? We sort of left it at that, right? Here is my question. Um, my daughter, my 19-year-old daughter, is um, starting to become sexually active. Right? She has a boyfriend, nice enough kid, and um, so she's, you know, starting to become sexually active. My wife, all of a sudden, now that she's become sexually active, is not really comfortable in talking with her about stuff like that, right? Uh, I've already, you know, sort of come to her and said, hey, any questions you have, you want to talk, by all means, let me know. Should I just drop it and back off and just let them come to me with questions? Because I am, I'm nearly at the, the spot where I want to, you know, say to my daughter, it's like, look, if you want to buy a, a toy or something, by all means, you know, because I want them to both have, you know, full, happy lives, right, in all in all aspects. Um, quick bit of background, I was raised by a single mother uh, in Ireland, so uh, it was a very sort of repressive society, so mm. we didn't have those sort of discussions at all. Um, so am I, should I just back off and shut the fuck up and let them come to me with questions they have, or what do you think? Anyway, let me know. Talk to you. Thanks for calling, man. Uh, right off the bat, <laughs> I think you should... If you want to talk with your daughter, share. She knows your background, but just I think that's a great <laughs> that's a great grabber for the first sentence of your <laughs> of your great Irish American novel, which is I had a, a single mother in Ireland, and so we never talked about this shit. Do you want to talk with me? 
I feel like it puts you on her level where you're not in this position where you know everything. You're in a position where all you want to do is help. If she wants help and if she doesn't want to help, fine. That's my opinion, but I will throw this to the guy sitting next to me who has two daughters. Take it, Bert. Uh, wow, I did the biggest screw-up ever. See, I lied to my daughters before my wife and I had to talk to my daughters. And then my wife was honest with them. So, like, my daughters asked if I had ever smoked weed, and I was like, no. <laughs> and then my wife, <laughs> we're, at, we're in Santa Inez this weekend, and my, and my father started to eat weed, and my daughters were like... Um, Mom, have you ever smoked weed? And my mom, my wife's like, yeah, I've smoked it three times. And all of them are like, oh, my God. And my wife's like, well, it's only been three. Or my, my wife said, it's only been three times. My wife said this. I don't know if I said my mom in there. But my wife's like, it's only been three times. But my daughter's like, dad's never smoked it. I was like, oh, God. I didn't know we were going to have this conversation. <laughs> I had mine preemptively. And I was like I, had, I, I like, I lied about everything. And my wife's being honest. Now she looks like a dr- And my wife's so much better than me. But I would... There's nothing I we we're running through this with Georgia today. Um, there's nothing wrong with going to them and saying I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I want if you're going on because something's going on with you, you can talk to me. I actually said I'm the cool dad today, and so <laughs> but you don't want to pressure them into you don't want to you don't want it to be the first forty eight where you're yeah. like putting dildos on the table. Is this yours? <laughs> Do you want this? Mm-hmm. Like that, slow roll it. Yeah. They'll come to you if they have questions, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the best way to do it. And I don't know if there's any child really going to their parents with sex toy questions. Not not your dad, generally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to put that out I there. Really I'm not a woman. I don't have a daughter. Uh, but generally really speaking. Go yeah, that's... Dad, butt plugs. Yeah or nay. We... Oi. Um... Not making fun of your accent, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, uh, but, I mean, the whole time I was trying to figure out where he was from, I was like, Yeah, yeah I was huh? for sure in my head. It was like Ireland. He doesn't live there anymore, but for yeah, sure. Was, as soon as he said that, I went, yeah, I, I, I know a it. couple guys in Chicago who at least grew up there, and they, they lived in America for a long time, but they still can't shake that that little, little lilt at the end of their sentences. But, I mean, look, the thing is, I think your daughter knows your heart is in the right place. Uh, so I think Bert's advice is is perfect to just just be there for her, you know. But there's no there's no uh, uh, there's no Annie up for you. There's no like here's what you need to do. It's when you when you said the the weed thing though. I just flash back. There used to be a show on Fox when like The Simpsons first came out, where it was a guy who who had a, a young who had like a like an adolescent son is as someone to ask him shit and like it would cut to old movies do you remember this it would cut to like an old movie and it would cut back yeah, it was almost movie? like what Family Guy does where someone will reference it and it'll cut away to something and it'll cut right back yeah. but I just remember this part where his, his son was like dad did you ever smoke or have you ever smoked marijuana and he's like looking at his kid and it cuts this old movie where there's like a mad scientist and he goes over 50 million times and it cut back and he's like you know I mean I tried it I didn't like it like that's all he said. but it was like this insane number where it's like if I could tell you the amount of times I've gotten blazed oh. you would you would hate me you would judge me so harshly and if you ever dabbled you'd think you could never reach the point of debauchery your father hit you know? well, the, what happened is my wife got drunk on a wine tasting Okay. And that's when the conversation came up. Oh, and, and, she, was, and my, she was just loose-lipped. Like, my, oh, yeah. And, yeah, and my daughter was like, Mom, Dad, Dad, Mom's drunk. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God. And I was like, isn't that crazy? And they're like, yeah. How come we never see you drunk? And I was like, I drink all the time. I drink all the time. Yeah, you do. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get drunk. <laughs> yeah. My wife is really getting thrown under the bus yeah. with all of this. Mm-hmm. But, uh Yeah. Good luck with your daughter, buddy. I yeah, can't. look, I mean, it's his his heart's in there. I'm not worried about him. 
And yeah. I, I think she's she's probably a smart. You, kid, know, you so. don't have to worry about the guy who's like. Do I need to talk to my daughter about sex toys? Because like, that's a good dad going totally. like, Totally. I want to be there. Yeah. Tell me what I, what can I do? Uh-huh. It's, it's not that guy being like, oh, my fucking daughter's, I know she's fucking this guy. <laughs> you know, like, ah, yeah. come on, man. Uh, my, like, my dad handles it by being like, so, uh, cleaning lady found something under your bed. And I went, okay. And he went, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then even now as an adult, like I'm yeah. seeing this guy, we went to Palm Springs. My dad's all like, so are you covered for all the things you need for Palm Springs? Is your health good? Have you oh, checked boy. your health? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, because, you know, things happen in Palm Springs. I'm like, yep, Dad, bye. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember being 13 years old and going up the staircase and my mom being like, listen, I don't think you should be having sex. But like, what the fuck? Where did this come oh. from? And I'm just like, let me get, you know, when you're so close to the deter- the corner, like if I could just get around the corner, I'm in my room, I could shut the door and I can't move because my mother's talking to me and she's like, but if you are, I will buy you condoms. And I'm like, what? And like, I don't think I'd even kissed a girl yet. And I'm just like trying, I'm going, and she's like, she's like, you know what your father and I use, don't you? Like, Oh, uh, we use a diaphragm. Do you know how that works? And she told me. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like tearing the mom. banister out <laughs> by the roots. Uh, the guy that my dad thought I was going to be losing my virginity to, like my first real like boyfriend of a period of time sure. in high school, my dad had him and I come into his office for him to ask permission, the guy to ask permission. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and it was oh. funny. <laughs> What a horrific tribunal. <laughs> so we're sitting in his Get office. on your knee. Get on and your my knee. my dad was all like, my dad just walked in. He's like, I just wanted to see if you would do it. Go for it. <laughs> wow. Well, that's pretty cool. Oh, that's but great. Yeah, oh, that's like, great. That makes me like your dad, dad a lot. Come into his office. I could see myself incredible. doing that. You'll probably do that. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I don't know if you guys are having sex or not, but regardless, I need you to ask for permission. <laughs> no, not her. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, let's check the other one. <laughs> it's double consent. <laughs> so weird. Hey guys, uh, I just want to call. Uh, great show, first of all. Uh, I love you guys, Amanda. Way to keep them together. Thanks, um, so I've had a banner shit year <laughs> uh, without getting too involved with it. Um, a lot of stuff has gone down um, with my wife and I, and uh, we're having a tough time. Um, and, you know, on top of that, I have, uh, been known to suppress some stuff and, uh, just kind of need some help with it. So I've been thinking about a therapist and Bronger, I know you've been kind of open in your stand up, uh, and otherwise on the show, that kind of thing, um, talking about it. And, uh, I'm terrified of the situation and finding someone and just trying to figure out how the fuck it all works. Um, I was hoping maybe you could shed some light and uh, tell me all the hilarious bad things that happened along the way. Maybe uh, anything to help out. Uh, hope you guys are well. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, man. I'm sorry for the, 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 I'm sorry for laughing, but the way you put it was very funny. Anytime someone says something definitively negative, it always makes me laugh. A banner shit year. Banner shit year. <laughs> He, as he just just rubs out a cigarette on the ground under his boot, uh, but I I uh, I feel you, man, and I definitely think if you're if you're thinking about leaning towards therapy, do it, fucking do it, because I went to a therapist after having an on again off again thing with my current wife because I knew he specialized in relationships and I wanted to find out what was wrong with me and why I couldn't stay in a relationship 
even when it all, all all everything uh seemed to be going uh great gonzo great and and uh he's still my therapist and we talk about the relationship too but we talk about other things and there's nothing wrong with looking under the hood that's really all it is and also i said this a lot of times before when you have a therapist you have someone you can say literally anything to and there's no one else in your life no matter what you fool yourself into thinking that is like that there's nobody you can stand in front of no matter how good you are with them how matter how, how good a friend they are that you can say literally anything with a therapist you can say anything and outside of saying i'm planning on killing myself they will not report you to the authorities. You can go ahead and barf out any dark thought, anything, and they will look at you impartially because they're they're you know their whole job is to be subject is to be objective and basically uh, help you and help you through it. And I think you do that. I think you'll take some of the pressure off, and you will have a new way of looking at your situation. So definitely, I think therapy uh, would help if you if you can if you can find a good person. So just do a little research and 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 try it. You know, what do you think, Bert? Oh, I'm all for therapy. Yes, sir. My wife put me in therapy uh, like probably three years ago. Uh, I just had a meltdown in some hotel room. Yep. And uh, my wife was like, and what you don't realize is that everyone else knows you need to be in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you're contemplating therapy, then everyone around you is like, this guy needs fucking therapy. Mm -hmm. She got me in therapy and it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. And by the way, it was amazing. And like, like. Like I got fired from Travel Channel. I got this tour I was supposed to do on Funny or Die. I got ten of the dates got canceled. I was on all ten of those dates. We were renovating my house. My wife wanted to get a mevasectomy, and and I happened to be in therapy at the time. And she had put me in it a few months before, maybe a year before. And I happened to be in it, and it saved my life because I got to say to another grown man, like I'm shame. I feel shameful. Yeah, and I have no. I have no self esteem. I feel like I'm a loser. Like, how come yeah. Chris D'Elia's pants are cooler than my pants? Like, how come he's got the car that they have on the showroom? Like, I can say it. Now I can joke about it. Yeah. I couldn't joke about it then because mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I'm a loser. Yeah. Like, what if nothing happens in my career? What if nothing happens for me? Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, you're mourning the loss of a job. You had a job for eight years, and you're mourning the loss of that. You're you're in a, a brand new phase of your life. You need to find a way to enjoy that and embrace that. Yeah. And I – and he – and. I, and I'm not even joking. This guy saved my life because I, I started doing a vlog because of it and going like, and from that vlog, I learned how to edit and shoot videos mm-hmm. and I started caring more about my podcast and and then I started editing Instagram videos and then I started like, then Tom and Segura and I started joking around. I was doing taunt videos to him and then yeah. he was like, yo, how do you do the vlog? And then and then I realized, oh, I'm in control of my own life. And, and from that, if I hadn't had a therapist to help me through that, I, w- yeah. I wouldn't be... As happy as I am today. By the way, I haven't gone to therapy in like two months. And he called me the other day, and I was like, "I got nothing to talk about. Can I just run some bits by you?" <laughs> and, and I know, yeah. And I, and I go to therapy on Skype. Cause oh, the, that's great. Because there's a lot of things. There's a there's a lot of workarounds. Mm-hmm. A lot of people resent driving to a therapist. Sure. A lot of people resent yeah. having to pay the money every week. A lot yeah. of, there's a lot of things where you start going like yeah. But you just got to find the thing that works for you. And for me, Skype was so easy. I was like, oh. Now, granted, there's some things I don't share with them in therapy, yes. which is not healthy no, cause, there, because it's online and I'm afraid someone's going to grab that screen grab and then post uh, something sure. I say. So I just – so I'm, it's like once those Sony emails got hacked, I was like, mm, not everything's – anything online, uh-huh. you know, but – No, I mean, look, I'm not saying – I don't think anyone dumps every thought they have – to a therapist you it would therapy would be like five hours a yeah and b it's just like some things you just keep to yourself and that's healthy and that's fine yeah but you have that option and it's like yeah dude i've had those meltdowns where 
I, 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 same thing. I think it's a big thing when you feel you feel like a loser. You feel like you've let everyone down, including yourself. You feel like you've you've reached a point where there is no hope. And when you have that person to really look at it and go, no, you, there's a lot of hope. You're not looking at this the right way. And they kind of just just bend your perspective just a little bit, and you go, oh. And it's like it's like having a, a joint put back in the socket, and you're like, oh god, like that. There's I feel so so much relief now. So right because. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. The greatest thing in life is is love, but hope is a real close second because Ooh. I've reached points where I'm just like I don't I feel doomed. I feel like uh, this that or the other is not going to go anywhere. I feel trapped. I've done a dumb thing uh, that I can't get out of now, kind of thing. But it's just like when someone gives you some hope that was always there, you're like, oh Jesus! Like it 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 just it takes the weight off every part of your life, and you're a better person to everyone around you. You know, it's the truth. Uh, you know, this goes back. I was joking about us. We go to the same spin class. Yes, and we have. We were. We, we have. We were at. I don't go to Soul Cycle that often. I go to Soul Cycle all the time because this lady, it, Stacy. It's well, I do this thing called Class Pass that it's not on. Yeah, that it's. Like, do class passes, the jam. You put in what really? city you're in and what you want to do, and it finds you classes. Oh, and I'm getting on a, that now. Dude, it is made for road comics. Made for us. So, so and, this girl, Stacy, yes, I went to her today, right? She's the hardest one to get into. Yes. She comes in, they put her poster up. She wrote the bo- book about spinning. Okay. She is, she, she, star- she was my teacher in 2002, 2001, uh, when, right around the time when I met my wife. I lost like 40 pounds. I got down to 186 pounds. Her and Bob Harper, the guy from The Biggest Loser, were the two spin teachers at Crunch. Oh, wow. I had never taken a spin class. I tried it. I liked it. I love spin. But she would talk to me when I was in. They give you like inspirational speeches and try to give you like a little therapy while you're doing Soul Cycle. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it. I close close my eyes in that class. I don't even open my eyes the whole class. I close my eyes in the class. And I do the workout the way they say. I go as hard as I can. I get exhausted. But there's something about being physically exhausted and hearing advice. And it connects you. It's a reason that we have coaches. Coaches only work because you're physically exhausted. They're some of the dumbest men in the world. But (laughs) but you hear a coach's advice and you're like, oh, fuck it. I I agree. There's no no I and assume or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, But she, I've been wanting to tell her. I was I was overweight. I was unhappy. I was lost, and I started going to Soul Cycle, or I started going to Spin Classic Crunch. Yeah, and I would hear her advice, and it would be stuff like real simple stuff, like uh, if you're going home for Thanksgiving, uh, you want to look the best that you can at Thanksgiving. Don't you want all the people that didn't want to have sex with you in high school to have sex with you now? And I'd be like, Yeah. She's like, Then stay out of that saddle. Stay out of that saddle and pedal. Go hard. Go hard. Yeah. And I would be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say to her the other day because I ran into her, and I go, Hey, are you the chick from fr- from Crunch in 2001, and she was like, I am. I wanted to say it, I didn't say it to her. I wanted to go, You like, you're responsible for my life right now. Wow. Like, I wouldn't, I would not be as happy as I am today had I not met my wife. I would never met my wife wow. if I had stayed 250, 30 pounds. Yeah. And she only liked me because I was good looking, and I got the life I am today. And now I'm going to her all the time because I listen, and my, I'm going with my sister. I go with everyone with my sister. Yeah. And she goes, Why do you like Stacy so much? I go, I love what she says when she talks. And my sister goes, you listen to these horseshit speeches they yeah. give? No, it is. People see it as like low-grade therapy. Yeah. Because I feel like Soul Cycle is the best of the best, but I don't go that often because it's like 30 bucks a time. It's pretty yeah. expensive. Is it really? Yeah, dude. Oh, but, but, crap. I've been paying for 
Yeah, my sister. Oh, Jesus. She was like, let me get your credit card. I'll sign you up and you can just get our classes when you want to go. I'll go with you. Hilarious. Well, but but look, it's worth it. And it is the best of the best. But there is, there's another one that I go to like on Mondays called Evolve Cycle that's in the Valley. That's great. Uh, Cycle House is is almost as good. They got like, a Cycle House by me. Yeah, dude, Cycle House is bananas good. It's Really? Great. Yeah, yeah. You go to uh, Studio City, right? Yeah. Yes, I go to that one a lot. And there's never anyone in it. So you just you get super attention and it's great Shut and it's cheap up. because there's no one there yet. So okay, I got to spread out. I've been going to Soul Cycle because my sister lives. Yeah, like two Cycle House is it. is great. But uh, this this lady at Evolve Cycle that I go to sometimes, she always ends the class with a statement, and she does the same thing the whole class. You know, just like you know, believe in yourself, all that stuff. But she always says something that I'm just like, wow. Once she we finish the class and she's like, breathe in, and I want you. I just want to put this thought in your head. No one defines who I am but me, and breathe out. And I was like, "Whoa, my God!" Because you just and it hit me so hard. And then she, the last one, she was like, "I was down on myself for uh, you know this, that, or the other." And she was like, "Say say this to yourself: I will not destroy myself because of human mistakes I have made." And I was just like, <gasps> "And it was that thing where it's just like we we are only human, and we all make mistakes, but it's just." You have to go back to that and go back to, I, look, I'm just a human being. I'm going to fuck up. I'm going to. Ross, in the 930 class yesterday, okay. said... Uh, Is he said, the guy that like dances around the yeah, whole time? Yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. guy. Yeah. He talks so fast. I went to, I went to, he does. I went to his uh, hour-long like, class. There's one girl that I think is practicing her 45 hip-hop. minutes, and he just dances around the room. He's not even on a bike. And he's like, do not give up. Do, do not, not There are times. Up. There are times where you've got to give up, and you won't. And you won't. you know why? Because you're a superstar. You will not give up. And yeah. He's, and he's just dancing around the room. Oh, he that said, guy's he goes, awesome. He goes, those negative voices in your head. He goes, why would you listen to them? And I was, and I'm, I'm doing my therapy in my head. I'm yeah. eyes closed, out of the saddle, going as hard as I can. Sure. And I was like, I can't shut them off, Ross. Like, <laughs> I, and and he goes, they, Ross, they pay the bills. And he goes, do you like what they say? And I go, oh, they keep me real. That's what I'm saying to myself. And then he goes, he goes, would you be friends with that guy if he was? If that was a real person, I was like, I wouldn't speak to that fucking human. Yeah, fuck that if, guy. If the your voices in my head were a friend, I wouldn't talk to him. I'd never speak to him. And then he goes, <laughs> then why do you listen to him? And I was like, yeah. What the fuck, That's dude? a really I good even point, like Ross. I'm talking to my brain. I don't even like you. You're such a jerk, dude. And when you get drunk, you become uncontrollable. You're the worst. And so, but I love those little speeches they give because mm. it's... I went to a yoga class one time. This is one of the, right before I met my wife, right when I started to lose weight. Yeah. I was dating this chick. I didn't like her. I was I was made me really unhappy about it. I was overweight, and this and we get done. We're in like child's pose, laying there or whatever yep. the, that one the lay on your back one is. And he goes uh, first. So, it was, yeah, that's that's happy baby on your back. Cor- yeah, corpse pose. Well, you get your knees to your chest. That's happy. no, no, no. Yeah. It's just laying on the ground. Corpse pose. Yeah. Okay. And he goes. Uh, Got it. He, right. We do a, It's my first yoga class ever. He does the whole class, and he goes. Uh, he goes okay. Uh, today you're going to change your life forever. And I, I'm, I'm going like, sure I am. Right. And he goes, uh, what's one thing you dislike about yourself? And I go, I'm fat. And he goes, decide to change that. And I go, oh, I can't change that. And he goes, okay, then ignore that. What's one thing you really don't like about yourself? And I go, okay, well, we agree with that one. And he go, I go, uh, I don't like the chick I'm dating. And he goes, decide to change that. And I was like, oh, no, God. He goes, you can change that one. You can change that one. Wow. And he goes, and I was like, yeah, I guess I could. He goes, how would you change that? Right now, how would you change that? And I go, I'd, I'd break up with her. And he goes, then do that. I'm, this is all in my head. Sure, sure. I go up to the guy. I'm with my buddy Croy. And I go, uh, oh, hey, man, that speech you gave, that was like, like, how do I do this? He goes, what's the, what's the thing you want to change? I go, well, the first one's I'm fat, and I, I can't change that. And he was like, no, you actually can. Just come to my yoga class every single day, and then hike Runyon. 
I go, what? He goes, do two, do, you got to do two workouts a day. Do my yoga class every day and hike Runyon. Hike, go do them right now. Go hike Runyon right now. After this, go do it. Don't, you can do it. You can physically do it. I go, okay. And Corey's like, let's go hike Runyon. I go, okay. Nice. And then he goes, what's the other thing? I said, I want to break up this chick, Rachel. He goes, uh, give me your phone. I was like, okay. <gasps> Gave him a phone, scrolls Rachel, it hits send. Oh, motherfucker. And he goes, he goes, take her to dinner. Tell her we're taking her to dinner tonight. You're going to break up with her at dinner. And she answers. It's like, by the way, it's like eight in the morning. I, she goes, hello. And I go, hey, what are you doing? She goes, nothing. And I go, hey, you want to go to dinner tonight? She goes, I do. And I go, great. I go, I'll see you tonight. So I hang up and he goes, promise yourself you're going to break up with her. Wow. Dude, and I got so into the ment- this is how fu- this is why I am a fucking idiot. I got so into the mantra of I'm breaking up with her. I'm breaking up with her. I'm breaking up with her that when we sat down at dinner uh she was like this is really great and just sit down. We were at Yamashiro oh. and I said uh, I want to break up with you. And she was like <laughs> she was like excuse me and I go I want to break up with you. I'm not happy. I'm I I don't want out of this relationship. She was like oh Okay, and then the waitress comes up and goes, can I get you guys something to drink? We hadn't even ordered yet. I hadn't even ordered. I broke up with her way too early. I should have waited a little bit. I don't know. I broke. I think you did it right on time. But dude, the weight off my shoulders of just going like, and so I think, not to get back to the caller, but I think it's like you can find these therapies. If you're not willing to go to therapy, go to like a spin class. Go to a yoga class. Good place to start. Go to 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 a CrossFit class. Mm -hmm. They talk positive yes and you might just need to hear positive for a little bit absolutely hear people that aren't in your circle Mm -hmm. that see the world a different way and just want to tell you something positive yeah and then you go yeah i don't need to be with the negative voices like the ones in my head or even my friends who are like who are like oh who are you kidding you we're not we're never getting packers tickets come on man yeah get your friend you want the guy that goes oh you can totally get packers tickets why not yeah Yeah, that's that's why one reason i love my wife she's always like why not why couldn't you do that and i'm like holy shit you're right you know I my my dad blew my mind last week where we were having like usually I talk both both parents at once but I just it was just me and my dad I called him because I'd talked to my mom the day before and he wasn't around and we just got talking about all this stuff and he said how he got this conversation with his friend who's had some health issues and we talked about that time that you wake up either like middle of the night or way too early it's too early to get up yeah. and your brain won't shut up and it's every always negative night, every night. and everything just barfs itself into your head and heart oh, and it's God. really hard to stand it and my dad just nailed it where he's just like he's like that voice is always it's always negative and it always is 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 doom and gloom he's like he's like god he's like he's like man I'll tell you if there is such a thing as the devil that's who's talking right then and it just blew my fucking mind oh. where i was just like that is the most clear uh indication and I don't believe in that sort of thing but you can see where the belief came from where it is it is it is all your negative selves all this thing that is it's not about telling you it's not a voice going kill the neighbors yeah yeah. you know it's a voice telling you that you ain't shit and you'll never be shit and they're gonna find out you aren't shit and you're gonna you're gonna fuck everything up you're gonna ruin it you always ruin it Uh this will lead to ruin you know, and it's just it's just this voice in your ear that's telling you nothing but negative shit. And just my dad just my dad just casually tossing that phrase off. That's what you gotta love like, about dads. Wow. Yeah, no, it was it was Dude, that's the it was great. It was that great. That makes me want to hang out with your dad so bad. He's pretty great. After just spending a weekend with my dad. That's <laughs> 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 ah, great. Let's do let's do like one more, yeah? Okay. Hey Matt, uh Pono here. Uh, long time, first time. Uh, I wanted to call you and let you know that my girlfriend and I and her son are actually looking to move in together and get a place. And 
we were trying to figure out how to have the, you know, stranger danger conversation with the kid because we're moving into kind of a sketchy neighborhood. Mm. Actually important. And, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's too friendly. Like he'll go and hang out and talk with homeless people and we're trying to figure out how to go about that. And one piece of advice that you always give on your, uh, your advice show is the Helen Keller, uh, quote, there's no security in life. Mm. Uh, there's no security in life. Life is an adventure or nothing else. I told my girlfriend that <laughs> she did not appreciate that logic being applied to a uh, child abduction. No, no. That's not my question. I just wanted to let you know that because it made me laugh to no end. The other one would be, do you have any advice on writing tips? Uh, you're a brilliant guy. Uh, you know how to generate ideas. And I was curious, do you have any advice for writing, creating ideas? You know, putting those putting those ideas down on paper. All right, thanks a lot, man. Bye. Thanks, Bono. Thanks for calling in, man. No, listen, the, my my quote, uh, and I'll say it for Bert here is like, I feel like in, in terms of following your dreams, Helen Keller nailed it. Where like security is in life is basically an illusion. Life is either a great adventure or nothing. I'm I said that in terms. Of, Helen Keller was an adult when she said that, I believe, or at least <laughs> maybe she was third. Yeah. You know, yeah. the movie. Yeah. She and was definitely an adult. Me like that was a question. She was, an adult. Right. was she an adult? You know, like, well, yeah. you know, it was, it was, I think. I used to think Helen Keller and Anne Frank were the same person. <laughs> so just to put that out <laughs> just, there. You just blended all your female I, icons. It was Anne Sullivan was the one that confused me. Oh, okay. Because the Miracle Worker, you learn right. about them at the same time. Uh-huh. They're, they're Anne Frank and the Miracle Worker, and they're both named Anne. The leads are both named Anne. Yes, correct. And so I matched it into one. Yeah. It's a story I've told many a time and told on Comedy Central but yeah I, but she was definitely an adult because she couldn't speak until she was like 10 yeah so yeah yeah mm-hmm. well and, and it's it, I, I, I get where he's coming from and he said he was moving into as kind of a sketchy neighborhood in Portland I imagine you guys are probably either really far north or far uh, east but listen wherever you are when when my parents moved to Portland, we were in a sketchy neighborhood. I learned the term, <laughs> learned the word heroin at age four because four of the five bars on Alberta, which is the next block over from us, uh, got busted for selling heroin over the counter. So you get a can of Schlitz and a bag of China White, uh, and it was there were pimps in my neighborhood, there were prostitutes, there were drug dealers, and the way my my, my parents kind of kept me close and would just check out other families and and I you kind of you'd be surprised at how uh good a kid's radar is for what's dangerous and just kind of tell your kid to trust their spidey sense to trust uh their with danger approaches not to get themselves into dangerous situations and do just don't try to be cool and don't try to make kids think you're cool by taking kids will kids will trick each other into going places uh try to get them away from their comfort zones just make your kids smarten up. The best example I've ever read was there's a book um, by the guy who was the the basis for the character of the boss in Silence of the Lambs. I wish I could remember his name, boss. but he was Clarence Starling's boss. Okay, uh, and uh, that actor who also played I think John Glenn in no that was well he was in the right stuff anyway. But he in his book he talks about because all he does is profile the worst of the worst of the worst. He invented profiling. He invented looking at a crime scene and going, all right, this guy's white. He's in his thirties. He's single. Uh, and he's really into model job. trains, like shit like that. So that's so it's they, like a green light on bigotry. But, <laughs> I mean, it's always a, a white guy, Bert. Come on, I would love to be a with, profiler with, with mommy issues. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Plays too many video games. So 
anyway, he he's like, people ask me, how do I raise my kid? And how do I keep them away from, you know, people that like kids in bad ways? And he's like, well, one thing I would do is if we're at a baseball game, I would just tell my kid, uh, do you see anyone who is an adult who's here without a kid? Oh. Yes. Is that person taking pictures of the Little League game? Yes. Stay away from that guy. And This um, is a game I will be playing with my daughters. Sure. Is like, look at the crowd and let's profile everybody. Sure. In terms of the, the person, I mean, at a, at a child's sports event and there's someone just there by themselves, like there, there's exceptions. There's uncles, there's aunts. They will just go with one kid. But if like yeah. after the game, if no kid runs over to them, how the fuck are you here, man? What are you doing? Yeah. You know? That's a very concrete example, but like, are there ways that you talk to your daughters about keeping them away from like we, the Stranger Danger thing? We just sent them to the movies by themselves. Okay, different different movie theaters. Oh wow, with different friends. So Isla went to actually it was same movie theater, but different movies. I don't. They both went to. It doesn't matter. Uh, but Universal, it does matter because it's a lot of people there. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's a tourist trap. And and we weren't going with them. We were going to our friend's house to party. Oh okay, and so. We were dropping them off, and Georgia's old enough. She's ninth grade. That definitely is okay for her, but Isla's seventh grade. And I had to say to them, I was like, listen, uh, you, you got to keep your eyes. I actually use Spidey Sense as a term. It's a good one. You got to keep your eyes open and look for, if you think something's bad, it's bad. Yeah. Like, don't, don't be afraid to not talk to somebody. Yep. Don't be afraid mm-hmm. to be rude. Yep. Just leave. And then I said, and if. It's like it's a real gut instinct. I don't know if my daughter's got it. They're so young, meaning like they're still children. Yeah, like they're not like street savvy. Mm-hmm. But um, but I was I was really scared because you send them out in the world and you're like yeah. shit. I kind of wanted to pay someone to give them a soft beating, you know, like <laughs> just get, like you know just not hurt them but rough them up a little bit. Yeah, sure. And scare them so right. they're like okay, now I know yeah. there's danger out there. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's I think back at how I would have been lamb for the slaughter. Because like if an adult drove up and was like, get in my car, I would have been like, don't yell at me. I'll get in. I said to someone the other day, I can't believe I didn't get molested. (laughs) Like I was such a, I was just such a real trusting kid. Yeah, I was too. Like like if someone said, hey, Bart, come into my house real quick. I'd be like, sure thing. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. I was, thank God there was no one like that. Uh Thank God the numbers must be really small of people who want to molest children. I mean, it's still way too high for what anyone can ever want. Sure. But thank God that it's not as common place as something like rape, you know? Yeah. Well, and I... I I don't think it is. I don't know what numbers are. I feel like the crackdown now is more on child pornography, especially online, because that's where those people have reverted to. Because it's just... it's There's no way to to not get caught. It's just... You know what I mean? Like uh, abducting a child. Like, forget it. So it's like they can't indulge that. What do they do then? What do they do? Should we just... I mean, we should just come up with some psychological test and then just kill all those people. It's so hard to say. There's, I, a, I, there's a magician in Vegas who lost his show. He had three tetrabytes of child pornography Holy on his shit. I bet you definitely I, know where those hard drives are. Tetrabytes. <laughs> wow. You definitely are tracking those. Like you don't like lose those like family photos. Like where's ages two to three? Oh God. Well, it's, it, 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 you bring up a good point though, where it's like, what do you do with someone that is that is that's a, that wasn't an idea that went off in my head because I don't know what to do. But back to the point, it, it, it's just give them proper guidelines. But that is that is huge. I love that you told them just like make a scene. You know what I mean? Like run Dude, away. There's whatever. A, my wife said something. Uh, that, uh, I mean, this is like I'm st- sure it's just stuff you see on TV or whatever. 
My wife's like, never be taken to a secondary location. Yes. Never. Like, never. Never. Well, that was uh, Alec Baldwin in uh, when Carrie Fisher was on 30 Rock, and she keeps taking Tina Fey around the city. And, yeah. and, and Alec Baldwin's like, never follow a hippie to a second location. And yeah. it's like, that's <laughs> such a good line. It's like, it's you like, fight to the death in the parking lot. Uh-huh. Lose your life in the parking lot, because yeah. it will be gone in the trunk. Did you have, like, random adults that were just... I, I never got, like... And no kind of predatory activity. But I remember adults that were fucking assholes to me when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I was in Grant Park, which is right near my parents' uh, house, which, which is uh, the, where my high school is, the high school I went to. And it has this giant, beautiful, like, you know, Oregon Woods Park there with, like, tennis courts and, like, a swimming pool and, and stuff. All of them beat to shit. But there was a fountain, water fountain. And me and a kid were standing there. And we press the button, and like, just of course, just a dribble comes through. And this guy's standing behind us, and he's holding a baby. And he's like, he's like, he's like, you ladies gonna drink water? He's gonna fuck around, you ladies. <laughs> we were like six, and I was just like, like I was just struck by his vulgarity. I was like, it's it's barely coming out. He's like, then suck it. And we just like walked away. And I was like, to this day, and he had like big like Buddy Holly glasses on. Yeah. Like it was just this like Oregon white trash. Like who talks like that to little boys? <laughs> you like you're not in a bar. Just fuck around all day. <laughs> it's like, what the f- like now it's the funniest thing in the world. But at the time we were just like, Jesus. I think I might talk to kids that I don't know like that. <laughs> like, like, I, but I, not like that bad. Uh-huh. But I, I am very blunt with children. Like I'm not, sure. I'm, and it's, it's just as how I am with my children. I'm very like to the point where it's like, where like I say stuff like, "Are you fucking serious?" Like, but yeah, mostly to like friends' kids, maybe not kids I don't know. My wife has definitely said to me, "Hey, these these kids don't know you." Uh Like uh, she had my daughter had a friend named Gabby, and the first time I met her, I said, "What's your name, Stabby?" And she went, and she didn't get where. And my wife's like, "Honey, she's just meeting you," and I to this day I call that kid Stabby. (laughs) And she now she likes it. Yeah. My my dad is like the driest guy you'd ever meet. Like his sense of humor is so dry. And like I had friends over and my friend Zach was like, Where'd Jesse go? And and my dad was like, Oh, Jesse, had to kill him. And my dad's like cutting cutting a steak right there. Yeah. He's just like thunk, <laughs> like into the wood chop. And and Zach's like <laughs> like almost crying. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My dad's fucked up. My dad's fucked up in the head. That's not funny. <laughs> Maybe my dad was just like, that's that's we had to put him in the yard, you know. Dude. But it's that's that's the most I would say like I, my new thing of like a baby's crying is like or just it's it's twitching or bother. Just deal cards. Like I do like deal cards to the kid and talk to him like an adult. What do you got? How many do you need? And he's like, huh? And they put a hand up. Five? Do you want five cards? What do you have? You need two cards. You got aces and eights. You know, it's 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 because it, it's, it's when you talk uh, to a child like an adult, they're just struck dumb. I what I don't do is like uh, my daughter has a friend who is sassy and I don't That's annoying. And I and it's just annoying and it's a little disrespectful. And I don't call her on it. Like and if I, I only mess around with a kid that's game. Like yes. if there's some kids that are like that are like uh, maybe like disrespectful or they're or they're like you can tell there there's something going on they're really shy like I don't mess around with those kids yeah but yeah no like, they got they got to be they got to be in cool it, into it a little bit yeah, yeah. if but, they're not on the same like if they're not on board you can't yeah they gotta be into the banter exactly dude exactly. I cut this kid's hair <laughs> I, we uh, I, I hope with permission no so there's oh, this Christ. kid. Well, yeah, kind of, kind of. So he, we did, we were, we went to the Rams game, um, very first Rams game, Rams Seahawks. Oh yeah, very first Rams game. And me and his dad got season tickets. We got eight season tickets total, right? Nice. My whole family, his whole family, we're all driving from Valley Village into the Rams game, okay. and we're waiting outside the truck. 
uh, his dad's driving. I'm having a cold beer, and the kid is wearing a Seahawks jersey. I go, bro, lose the Seahawks jersey. Yeah. He goes, I'm a Seahawks fan. I go, we have season tickets to the Rams now. You're a Rams fan. We all have Rams stuff. You're a Rams fan. He goes, I'm a Seahawks fan. I go, well, the Seahawks are going to lose to the Rams. He goes, no, they're not. Want to bet? I go, yeah, I'll bet you. Ah, uh, nice. He goes, how much? I said, 200 bucks. He goes, I don't have 200 bucks. I said, you know, but if, if, if I win, I get to take something of yours. Like, I get to take something out of your room. And he was like, okay. Like, like what do you want? And I said, if, if the Rams win, I get to cut your hair. <laughs> and he's like, bet. It's a bet. And I was like, okay. I go, you might want to run this by your dad real quick. And he goes, no, I don't even need to. I go, oh, definitely run it by your dad. So he goes over to his dad. His dad's like my best friend. And his, he goes, uh, dad, I bet Bert 200 bucks the Seahawks are going to win. And his dad's like, you don't have 200 bucks. He goes, no, it's, it's okay, dad. <laughs> if I lose, he's just going to cut my hair. And his dad goes, okay, hold on. Now, this is where uh, we, I'm going to teach you a life lesson. Oh, God. Think this bet through. Okay, think it through. And he goes, huh? He goes, I'm going to let you make this bet with Bert, but realize Bert's a comedian. He's probably thought this bet through, and maybe you haven't thought this through. And he goes, okay. And he goes, but it's up to you. Yep. Make the decision. And he goes, okay. And he just looks at me, sticks his hand out, and he goes, it's a bet. And so I go, all right. So we get, I get hammered at the game. The Rams win. And I am laughing so hard oh, on the Jesus. ride back to his house. As I say to everyone, I go, stop by my house. I want to get my clippers. <laughs> Oh shit! We go to his house. His me and his dad in the backyard, and him on a stool. And I put up a GoPro, and I get my clippers. And the first thing I did is I cut his bangs like Simple Jack from Tropic Fuck. Thunder. And and as I pull away, I see them, and I am laughing so hard because he's got the same color hair Simple Jack had. Oh. And me and his dad are laughing so hard. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, "Does it look good?" <laughs> and I go, "Oh, you thought I wanted to cut your hair." I go, no, buddy, I'm going to fuck your head up. And he was like, huh? I go, I'm going to make you look like an idiot. That's what I'm going to do. And he goes, wait, hold on, that's not the bet. I go, and his dad goes, buddy, I told you, this is your bet. you got to think it through. Oh. And then the girls, all the girls come out, like four girls come out, and they're laughing hysterically. Oh, and then he's God. like, wait, 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 wait. I didn't sign up for this bet. Yeah. <laughs> and then his mom and my wife come out, and the, everyone's laughing. I mean, the second they see, and I pulled yeah. his, I pulled this part back. Like, I really, his, just looking brain. at his face, you're like, this is, he looks like Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Oh. And so... And then and then he and then this story gets unfun right now is he started crying and my wife yelled at me you're a bully and I was like and I and now I'm that's when I dig my heels in the sand this is how you raise a man yeah. this is how you raise a man hey listen that'll teach him not to bet he dude he won't take a bet with me ever again <laughs> yeah I mean it's like that photo of that black kid whose dad shaved him like like he's like balding he, like left the sides so he wanted to be a big man the big man so he shaved. Everything but the sides, and he just—he looks like George Jefferson. Like, oh my god, I have not seen that <laughs> oh, video. Funniest, I've got to see that it's video. The funniest Wait, shit. Hey, finish the second part of this guy's question about writing. So I'm curious. About oh, that. Uh, it's shit. I almost forgot. Um, I think there's no hard and fast rule except write as often as you can and write what you love. And one good way is I what I did is I started with essays and I started with short stories in terms of getting outside of just writing jokes. I keep a notepad with me at all times to jot down ideas. A lot of people say they do that. I really do it. So, you know, you should do that. And uh, and just kind of get a ridiculous goal in your head and a medium goal in your head. And uh, and go for the go for the medium, then go for the ridiculous. Do you have any advice for that? I, I, I definitely 
think the only way to write is just to write. Yep. You have to write, you have to write, mm-hmm. and you have to write as often as possible. You also have to switch your brain over into writing brain yep. where you're noticing things, like yep. you're paying attention to things. Mm-hmm. And you're making, for me as a comic, making yourself laugh. Like there's a bit that happened this weekend when I was drinking on that wine tour that I only I laughed at. Everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, the woman uh, was like a probably like a, a older woman is driving us around, and she said... Um, Said something about living in San Francisco. Oh yeah, I have two 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 son, grown sons who live in San Francisco. And what I meant to say it was a compliment. Was you don't look old enough to have grown sons. Sure. But all I said was you don't look old enough to have children. And she went, That's so weird. She goes, "I'm excuse me, huh? Like I definitely look old enough That's to have literally children." Literally the opposite of what you meant to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but you got to write nonstop. And the other thing I found is with with shooting, I because I, I shoot probably as much as I write these days. Okay. Is if you just set the camera up and start to shoot. You will shoot something good. Yep. Like you just you just set the camera up and just start to shoot and then play with it and post and yeah. find out just but you gotta shoot to shoot something. And I think that's the best the best piece of advice is don't start editing before you start writing. Because that's what everyone does. They're oh, like, yeah. that idea's dumb. Uh-uh, that idea's dumb. It. Just write the dumb idea, cut it down later, or district or throw it away. But write it, make it. I've written so much shit that we'll never see the light of day, which Dude. no one's eyes will ever see. But I'm glad I wrote them because it's practice, you know. And you it, you got to write jokes. I wrote uh, a, jo- a joke right when I woke up this morning. Uh, was um, my wife is like a super privileged sex slave. Like she can leave the house. I give her all the money she wants. She can do whatever she wants. But at the end of the day, she knows what she's doing there. And I think she probably thinks the same thing about you. <laughs> I told it to my wife when I woke up, and she didn't laugh. And I sure. went, "Yeah, but I wrote a joke. All right, let's. Yeah. let's what's the next one? What's yeah. the next one? You know." And then one day that'll the one day that'll find its way into you, something. And, and you'll yeah you'll you'll find a way to hammer out exactly what you were trying to say exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, you but you just gotta like and and those little nuggets sometimes find like. Three years later, find a way into oh a my bit God. as a tag. It of takes like, me years to crack certain jokes, certain stories, and one day they're just there, and you can say them, and you they'll hit. You know, yeah, dude. Thank you so much this for coming on the show, man. This has been a blast. I'm so I'm so glad you had fun. I'm so glad we finally did it, uh, guys. Check out uh, Bert Kreischer's special on on Netflix. It's epic. Thank Phone you. number to call is three two three seven six three zero two two eight. On Patreon, we are at Advice from a Dipshit. We're on Spotify, doot doot, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, everything. Uh, we're at Advice from Addiction on Facebook, theme songs by Ben Wise. Subscribe, write a fun review. Check out Bert's podcast, which I had a blast on, which is yeah. very funny. Anything coming up? You you got the big tour coming up. I got now. the big Body Shots World Tour starting in January in Portland. Nice. Uh, first date is in January in Portland. And if you tried to buy tickets and they were sold out, we've added shows. So, nice. And it goes all the way. I think we're ending in Moscow. Whoa! Very cool, man. Well, it's kind of if if the mob likes me making fun of them, we'll uh, see. I think they will. Well, we'll see. I think they will. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's all I care about is that one damn tour. So, then so that great. is that's my 2019, and uh, yeah, cool. Check out Bert uh, on his uh, Body Shots tour. Thanks again, dude. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. You got it. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit. Advice from a dipshit It's advice from a dipshit With Matt Bronger